Hey guys, welcome to The Daily Churn. This is episode 24. Today is going to be a recap of all of my churns from April. April turned out to be a pretty good month, pretty busy with a lot of different churns happening, particularly on the bank end of things. Uh, some bonuses came through and some kind of fell through and some were pulled early. Yeah, all kinds of uh, bank bonus drama happening in April. Then there's also some updates on brokerages and crypto. And on the crypto side of things, less about like trading crypto, more about some high interest yielding crypto accounts that I've been opening to kind of try and stay on top of inflation. Then there are cell phones, an update on Visible there, and just a lot of cashback offers as well, like food and meal kit offers. April turned out to be a pretty busy month for those. So yeah, we'll cover all of that and uh, let's dive right in. So starting with banks, the one that posted really easily was Monify. So I got $250 for myself and $250 for P2. And I think that offer is being extended until the end of May. I think uh, the DOC blog hasn't updated it yet. I think it still says end of April, but I looked today and it's now end of May. So I think they just keep pushing it out by a month each time. But this is the one where you needed to deposit $1,000 twice within 90 days. There wasn't like any kind of once a month requirement. You can literally just send two 1K deposits back to back. And that's all you had to do to get the $250. So super easy, but it seems more recent DPs are saying that you do really need a real employer direct deposit. Like some of the old methods, like just sending from Chase is no longer working. And on my end, not a big deal because I've been using Square and Square worked as expected since it is a real payroll service. But for those of you that don't have Square or don't want to sign up for Square or are a little worried about the Square tax forms and stuff like that, there's a new service that's been kind of coming up in comments on Reddit and DOC. And I think DOC actually just did a post about it a week or so ago called Astra, Astra Finance, which is an app. And the app essentially does what Square does, where it will grab money from one of your accounts and deposits into another account using themselves as the middleman. And the benefit of them being the middleman is in the case of Astra, you can name these transfers. And so you can insert keywords like payroll or employer and stuff like that. So for banks that are looking for keywords to decide if your ACH transfer was an employer direct deposit, you can kind of game that a little bit by putting the right keywords in. And so, yeah, I think I'll, I'll probably do a dedicated episode on this, maybe for the next one, because there's definitely some pros and cons with Astra. Like it's a pretty new service. And so the app is kind of buggy. It took me a long time to get approved. Like they rejected my driver's license seven or eight times, not because I think someone was reviewing it, but because their app was bugging out. Then there's also like a 1K transfer limit. And I think initially your transfers are getting manually reviewed and approved. So there's definitely some quirks, but it is free. And then on the Square side of things, I've been using it for years now and it works well for me, but people have had issues signing up as well. And I think they've changed some of their signup flows. And there's always concerns about tax forms, which I don't want to derail this episode too much by, by getting into. And on top of that, there's a couple other services that haven't been mentioned anywhere yet that I kind of stumbled across earlier this month that I've been sort of trying out and, and seeing how well they work. And so I might try and consolidate all of that into one episode if folks are interested. But in any case, going back to Monify, it's possible that Astra will work to trigger it. There's just not very many data points on when Astra works or doesn't work. But the general rule of thumb is if the bank is looking for keywords and you're able to insert keywords or the service that you use has the keyword in it already, for example, Square has Square Payroll in it, then it should in theory work. And so I think Monify probably would work with Astra. But if you have an employer that can split off $1,000 a couple times, that might be the safer way to do it. And the nice part with Monify too, and I don't know if this is a new program, but they have a referral bonus of $50, which stacks with the $250. And so I didn't actually even sign up with a referral bonus because I didn't know it existed. So maybe it is a newer thing or I was just not paying enough attention. But the referral bonus is 
you need to deposit $300 within seven days. So basically, when you're opening the account, make sure you fund it with $300 to get that $50 referral bonus and then do the $1,000 twice in 90 days to get the remainder of the bonus. But yeah, if you want to give it a go, I'll post my referral link on the dailychurnpodcast.com and you can try it out and uh, hopefully we both get $50. All right, so now moving on to some more interesting bank bonuses because Monify was pretty easy and everything went as expected. The rest of these are going to be a little more chaotic. So let's see. Wells Fargo had a $1,500 business checking account bonus for depositing only $5,000. And the crazy thing with this offer was that it was pulled within like a day of it being posted on Doctive Credit. Like initially, it was get a $1,500 bonus for depositing, I think, $15,000. And then someone in the comments shared a link where the deposit requirement was only $5,000. And if you click the link and you enter your email, Wells Fargo sends you a code that you can then bring with you to the branch when you open your business bank account. And, you know, just to be clear, $1,500 for a business bank account for only depositing $5,000 is insane. I mean, that's like sports book level of bonus, you know, and of course, it's Wells Fargo that comes up with something as crazy as that because i think wells fargo is essentially like the sports book of, of banking right so they pulled the bonus within a day and there were some concerns that even if you had the offer code you wouldn't be able to get the bonus anymore and it turned out to not be the case so as long as in that one day time frame you got the offer code off of doctor of credit comments and you clicked through and you entered your email you can now open that account all the way up through, I think, middle of May and be eligible for the bonus, even though no one now can get one of these codes. And so I'm really kicking myself for not going in and just generating 10, 15 of these codes because I, I thought about it because when I saw that offer, I was in my mind thinking, no way this lasts. I didn't expect it to literally die the next day, though. So I only signed up for myself and my P2 and we'll be using those bonus codes uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks at Wells Fargo to open up business bank accounts. But yeah, hopefully some of you guys at least saw it when it was posted and, and managed to snag one. Honestly, I'm, I'm like, this kind of has made me think about potentially doing some sort of like deal alert type of a newsletter or notification thing in the future when something like this pops up and I'm pretty sure it's not going to last. I would just blast out a notification to folks being like, hey, jump on this right now. Um, so that's sort of something I'm thinking about. And if that sounds interesting, you know, maybe in the future, I can sort of figure out a way to do that that doesn't like suck up a ton of time and doesn't get too spammy and stuff. So yeah, that was the Wells Fargo update. No bonuses received there, but hopefully that's going to pay off in the next month. I actually also opened a personal Wells Fargo checking account at the beginning of April. And that one, in theory, was supposed to be pretty nice. It was $300 for Dark depositing $1,000. And it seemed like most banks, including Ally and Chase, would all work to trigger that bonus. And so everything went very smoothly until a few days ago, I received a letter in the mail from Wells Fargo saying that they needed me to provide my driver's license, as well as an updated description of my occupation, which is always a bit challenging because, you know, the whole fire thing makes it difficult to explain exactly what my occupation is. And saying you do a churning podcast probably isn't a good idea either. So anyways, they wanted those two pieces of info, but I had to go into a branch to provide them. There's no way to upload this anywhere online. And if I didn't do this within 20 days of receiving the letter, they would shut down my account. So you know, just um, reason number 1001 why I think Wells Fargo is probably the worst consumer bank out there with like Citibank being a close second, if not sometimes maybe even first. And so, yeah, I guess I needed to visit Wells Fargo anyway to do the business banking thing. So luckily I am scheduled to go to Wells Fargo in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, it's just quite annoying. And honestly, I've been trying to get my wife off of Wells Fargo since forever because Wells Fargo was the account that she opened when she was in high school. So she's had it for like decades, whereas I went with Bank for America. So both weren't great choices. These days I bank primarily with Chase and she still has a Wells Fargo account. And 
If you've used the Wells Fargo interface, it's pretty insane how ancient it is and the fact that you can't transfer more than $5,000 at a time. Most things are manual. There's no way to really link it properly with Played because each time it tries to refresh, it tries to send a new mobile code versus it being a permanent linking. The whole thing is just completely backwards. And so one of the other accounts that we opened in April was that I referred my wife to Chase where I get $50 and she gets $225 for opening a checking account and depositing $25. And in theory, that $25 should come from an employer. But from the data points, it doesn't seem like Chase really checks for that. And I just used Astra to kind of try out Astra. So we're waiting for that $225, but the $50 has already posted on my end already. And, you know, it's not a big bonus. And I've honestly been sort of just waiting for one of the five, $600 Chase bonuses to come back around before I put my P2 on Chase. That hasn't really shown up in the last year or two. So finally caved and just did the $50 bonus. And uh, yeah, $50 from Chase and hopefully another 225 in the next month or so. Next up, we have Fairwinds. So just an update on Fairwinds, the credit union. So I received my $100 bonus last month, and that was part of the recap. And I was expecting to receive my wife's $100 bonus plus $100 for referring her. And Fairwinds posts on the 15th of every month. And on the 15th of April, nothing posted and nothing has posted since then. And the issue here is I used Google Pay to try and trigger the bonus. And what's weird is it worked for my accounts, but it doesn't seem to be working anymore for my wife's account. And now I'm a little worried that Google Pay is no longer working for Fairwinds. And that would not be ideal because Fairwinds requires you to make your direct deposit within 45 days. And I'm already past that 45 day window because I was thinking Google Pay would work. And so I just threw in an Astra transfer in there tagged as payroll and just to see what happens, but it's already outside of the 45 day window. So I'm thinking it might be too late. I'll give an update on it next month if it does or doesn't post on the 15th of May. But right now it's seeming like potentially Google Pay no longer works. And that is sort of the issue you run into when you use one of these dark deposits where you're hoping the system will treat it as an employer dark deposit because when it doesn't, you really don't have any way of following up and being like, hey, this really was. Whereas with a service like Square, you could. So that's always the risk. And unfortunately, this one might not have worked out in my favor. And so on the topic of duds, bank accounts that just didn't really work out that well, because usually these bonuses go pretty smoothly. But because I think I opened so many of them in the last few months, I was bound to get a handful that just weren't going to pan out well. And Let's see, we already talked about Wells Fargo and having to go into a branch to verify things. I also opened Service Credit Union because the data points seemed like it was a really easy $100. Like you make the deposit and the next day you'll see the $100 posted. And so I love these like fast turnaround bank bonuses. However, I applied at the beginning of April and I literally just got an email today that my account's finally been approved. So it took about a full month plus providing a utility bill back in front of driver's license, back in front of passport, plus back in front of my social security card in order to get approved at their bank for a $100 bonus. So I don't know necessarily if it's worth it. At the same time, I think I'm unique in the amount of information they requested from me. I didn't see data points where this happened to anyone else. So Maybe I just got unlucky, but then I also tried opening on Juno, which is one of those app fintech e-banks because there was a nice bonus and referral bonus and stuff. And I also did that at the beginning of April and I got a message saying your account needs to be manually reviewed. We'll get back to you in two business days. And I have, they pretty much just ghosted me because I've sent two follow-up emails since then. This was like almost a month ago saying, hey, any updates on my application? no response. So on Juno, I don't know if they just went out of business or I got unlucky, but yeah, on Juno did not work out for me. There was also SoFi Checking and Savings, which is their new version of a SoFi money account. 
And a lot of people were excited about this new SoFi account because it was offering a $300 bonus. Plus, if you went through Swagbucks or MyPoints, you could stack that and get another $175 to $200 bonus on top of the $300. And a lot of people like myself have already opened a SoFi money account in the past. And it wasn't clear if upgrading your SoFi money to their rebranded SoFi checking would make you eligible for this new bonus or if the fact you had a SoFi money account and got a bonus on that before means you're no longer eligible. So it wasn't clear. There's data points going both ways. Some people also tried closing their SoFi money and then re immediately reopening. Some people tried closing and then waiting a few days to reopen so their system refreshes. So all kinds of permutations. The, the two things I tried was I closed my SoFi money account and immediately reopened. But then it had me log in using the same credentials so they knew that I was still the same person. And unfortunately, that doesn't seem to have worked to trigger the bonus. And then on my wife's end, I had her upgrade her SoFi money account into a checking and savings because there was some comments saying that maybe an upgrade would make you eligible. And so tried both of those methods, sent in $5,000 into each account using Square because they require employer direct deposit. And SoFi is one of those banks that are very strict with what counts as an employer direct deposit. And so I sent two 5k transfers from Square. And unfortunately, I haven't seen the bonus yet. And that was like a week ago. And the data points make it seem like it should only take a few days for the bonus to post. So I think the close and reopen and the upgrade method might be duds for me. All right, so the last dud that I had before we get into some more positive data points of things that surprisingly did post well is Albert, the fintechy app bank. And that's really where I think all the drama of the bank section comes from is Albert, because at this point, I'm pretty sure Albert is like running some kind of a scam, like at minimum, a bait and switch at maximum. They're just trying to pump up their numbers, hopefully get more funding. And if they don't get more funding, just go out of business. Because what Albert's been doing is they used to have a referral bonus that was $150 for you and $150 for the person you're referring. If they join and make three $500 employer direct deposits over three months and spend $100 on their debit card. And so that's all fine and good. And no one really thought anything of it. That's a pretty normal bonus. But randomly, they upped their bonus to $500 for the person you're referring and $500 for you. And they didn't announce it or anything. It just showed up in your app one day that the $150 icon changed into a $500 icon. And I think I was actually the very first person to post about the $500 on Doctor of Credit being like, hey, I think they updated this to a $500 referral bonus. And so everyone, myself included, was very excited about this. But you can probably guess where this story kind of leads, which is that Albert, when you click their $150 icon before, it would show you a list of the people you've referred. So I could see that I'd referred like three or four people and that my bonus was pending for all of those. When they launched the $500 referral bonus, they hid or removed the referral list. So not only can you not see now who you've referred and what their status is, the previous people you referred under the $150 bonus have all disappeared too. There's now no way to track it. And so, of course, this led some people to reach out to Albert being like, hey, I joined. Can you make sure I have the referral bonus attached? And Albert's response to everyone has been, we can't look up anything related to your referral status unless you provide us the full name, email address, and phone number of the person who referred you. Similarly, I can't ask Albert how many people I've now referred without knowing their full name, email, and phone number. Whereas before, literally in the app, I could see the list of people I referred. And on top of that, some people who did have the phone numbers, names, and emails of the people referring or being referred, once they asked Albert, if the offer was attached properly, there were data points of, no, we don't see any offers on that person's account. And so this totally just seems like a strategy on Albert's end to essentially not have to pay out referrals anymore because you have no way of tracking 
who you referred or whether your account has a referral bonus. And now they require all this personal information in order to even look up potentially if you have an offer on your account. And the fact that it timed with their $500 referral bonus, I mean, you know, you could put that referral bonus to any number you want if you don't plan on paying it out. So yeah, the whole thing seems very sketch. And even just offering $500 to sign up for their app for both the person referring and the person being referred. So $1,000 to acquire two users is pretty insane. And I don't think they have the funding to back the kind of volume of signups you'd see when you do an offer like that. But honestly, at this point, I'm not expecting to see any of these bonuses pay out. Like I finished all of my Albert requirements a month ago and I still haven't seen the original $150 referral bonus I was supposed to get for joining. And the DOC comment thread for it has sort of turned into like a dumpster fire as you expect, because when you offer a $500 bonus, people are going to be really excited and then really disappointed when it turns out that, you know, you're probably getting scammed by Albert. So yeah, we'll see. I'll keep you guys updated on, on how it goes. But one thing with Albert though, that actually is interesting and I wish it wasn't overshadowed by all of their scammy referral drama is that they offer this like cashback thing kind of like um, Cash App has these boosts. Albert also has I guess boosts where you can click an offer and apply it to your account. You can only have one offer at a time and it's interesting because one of those offers is 20% off at Whole Foods up to $5. And that works out well for us because we shop at Whole Foods all the time and essentially is $5 off of a $25 shopping trip. And both my wife and I have the Albert card because we refer to each other, not that we're going to get those bonuses, but that means that we get 10 bucks off at Whole Foods for spending $50 each time we go in. And you can do that once a week. And they also have, I think, 10 or 20% back on Shell gas. And so some of these boosts are actually quite interesting because no other app debit bank company is offering Whole Foods discounts or Shell discounts. I actually have ended up using my Albert card recently, whereas a lot of these fintech banks, I received the card, I put it into a Ziploc bag. There's now hundreds of cards in this massive Ziploc bag that I never touch. And Albert's one of the ones that actually stayed in my wallet. So kind of a shame they're running this like referral Ponzi scheme, but it is what it is. And uh, who knows, maybe in another month or two, things will be fixed and we all will receive like $1,500 because $1,500 is the maximum amount that you can receive from referrals. And at $500 a referral, that's only three referrals. But since you can't track who you've referred, there's no way to really know how many people you've referred and how many of those people actually met their qualifications because you only get the bonus if they also meet their qualifications. And so the whole thing is this black box of unknowingness that I think at this point is intentional. But now moving on to some of the other bank bonuses that did pay out well and paid out surprisingly well, Chime actually paid out on my points. And I thought Chime was like an Albert where they kept upping their my points and Swagbucks bonus. I think it was when I applied $300 and at one point it reached $350 or $400 to sign up for a Chime app bank account. And so I thought it was the same as Albert where, you know, you can offer people $10,000 if you're not going to pay him. And um, I was not expecting Chime to actually post, but it was my first offer that I did on my points and I received all of the my points. And I forget how many my points it was exactly. I think it was 44,000, which translates into $300. I basically cashed it out for $300 gift card. And yeah, it went super smoothly. It only took 60 days from my direct deposit arriving in Chime for my my points to post. And now I'm going to try doing it for P2. But there's an additional thing you can try, which is stacking both a referral offer with my points or swag bucks. And I didn't come up with this. All credit goes to, I think, Kevin on Doctor of Credit, who wrote a very detailed comment on the order in which you open your tabs so that you open like the referral offer first before you go to my points and then open up the my points or swag bucks link. And I can confirm it works, at least like on paper. My chime now shows that I'm going to get $100 for referring my wife. And my wife shows that she's going to get $100 because she joined under a referral offer. 
and her my points are in pending. So I'm fully expecting this to work. And the data points from that comment sound like it has worked for a lot of other people. So it ends up being the 300 ish dollars that you get through Swagbucks or my points for opening Chime. And then you get $100 from being referred. And plus, the person who referred you gets $100. So if you're doing the P1, P2 combo, it's $500 for P2. Then similarly on Swagbucks, I'd opened Current Bank a few months back and I'd received the $50 bonus from Current directly for their just welcome sign up bonus. And my Swagbucks never posted, surprise, surprise. So I reached out to Swagbucks. And the interesting thing with um, filing a ticket recently with Swagbucks is it feels like they've updated their ticketing support system to be maybe a bit better like i actually got a response within a couple days from someone and i replied and then they replied back which is two things that have never really happened with me on swagbucks usually it's like shouting into a void when you're trying to get your swagbucks credited and they actually reviewed my ticket and credited me some swagbucks the problem though is when i did the offer on swagbucks for current it was for twelve thousand swagbucks now they're only offering 5,000 swag bucks. And so when they credited me the amount, they only credited me 5,000 swag bucks, even though in my original ticket and my response, I stated and attached screenshots that showed it was 12,000. And I said, I know the offer is 5,000 now, but when I joined, it was 12,000. Please make sure you credit 12,000. And of course, they just completely ignored that part of all of the messages and only credited me the 5,000. And I've since submitted a ticket being like, hey, I'm still missing 7,000. And that one I have not received a response on in about a week now. So I think in some senses, their customer service has gotten better. But then on the other hand, some aspects of their support are just as crappy as it has always been. So sort of a mid win loss there where I got $50 worth of swag bucks. But at the same time, I'm still missing my 70 that I don't expect to get. All right. So that was it for banks. And the final tally for banks ends up being $500 from Monify with $250 from P1 and $250 from P2. Then $300 from Chime via MyPoints. $50 worth of swag bucks for opening the current bank. And a $50 Chase referral for me referring my P2, which ends up being $900 total for banks, which is pretty good. So moving on to crypto slash brokerages slash parking cash. Uh, real quick, I guess we can start with just treasury bonds. I'm sure you've all seen the updates on Doctor of Credit and elsewhere where treasury bonds are now at 9.62% for the next six months starting in May. So I guess that's what they've pegged inflation at. And so the play there was to open before May so that you can lock in six months at the 7% and then you know that the next rate for the six months after will be 9.62. So it averages out to be around like eight-ish percent over the course of a year, which is pretty amazing for just a super secure, stable asset that you can hold. Downside, of course, is that there's obviously liquidity issues getting your money out of treasury bonds. You will pay a three-month interest penalty if you decide to withdraw that money before the five-year, I guess, vesting period. But, you know, even after you factor in that quarter worth of penalty at 8%, if you just take a quarter off of that, you're still getting way over 5% interest over a year, which is still very good compared to what you could get at bank accounts. But even if you missed doing it at the end of April, that's still okay because now what you're going to get is 9% for six months. And then for the six months after that, whatever inflation ends up being, which could be higher than 9%, could be lower, could be 7% again. So it's just more of a more of a gamble than if you locked in 7% or 9%. But it's still worth doing if you're just starting to get into it now. My friend actually finally decided to jump into treasury bonds and was trying to meet that end of April cutoff to lock in that 7% for six months first. And of course, he got hit with the you need a medallion stamp notary form account authorization step, which some of us like myself and my wife were hit with. So that's something to keep in mind too, is that sometimes the treasury website will flag certain accounts to 
go into a bank and get a certified banker who can provide a medallion stamp on the form, which basically means they verified your ID and are guaranteeing you are who you say you are. And then you mail that form back into the treasury, which the whole thing takes, you know, two, three weeks turnaround before your account's approved to buy bonds. So either way, I think at this point you're in that 9% bucket and that's still a good place to be because 9% is really high. And uh, yeah, who knows what the following six months and future months will be. But for us, treasury bonds are just one component of sort of our strategy to kind of stay on top of the high inflation right now because we do have a good amount of money parked in cash due to fire, you know, the the allocation ratio with fire, at least the the plan that we're following, has us about 60% in the market and 40% in stable assets like cash, bonds, um, in this case, treasury bonds. And in this case, instead of just cash, which is earning $0, the thing that we've been exploring a lot is putting money in various crypto brokerages, which are offering different amounts of interest on either holding certain coins, cryptocurrency coins, or just having money in the account. The new one that I've been trying in April is FTX. And FTX is pretty big. I think they're the ones who did the Larry David Super Bowl commercial and they own a stadium somewhere, I think in Miami, and they own like a esports team and they just have a ton of money because they're very well funded. And if you actually look up their backstory, it's super interesting how FTX came to be. And their founder, I mean, I won't go into too much detail here. Maybe I'll link to the story that I read, but their founder is essentially like a, a modern day Robin Hood, like the complete opposite of your Bezos or your Elon Musk's and your Zuckerberg's. Like his goal is to actually give away the majority of his money. And he actually seems to believe in that. Like it's not a marketing ploy. Anyways, so I was pretty excited about FTX, uh, less about the story, although the story is very cool, but they are just offering 8% interest on cash in the account. You don't even need to buy any coins. You just transfer money in and the US dollar earns 8% interest. The downside though is that they currently will only let you deposit $2,000 every 10 days. So those are the deposit limits, which is pretty ridiculous because even Current, the app bank, which is marketed for tweens, will let you deposit more than $2,000, but $2,000 every 10 days. So for the last like 30 days, I've been slowly transferring money in there. And now both my wife and my accounts, we have $6,000 each in FTX. And I think part of the reason for their limits on this is that they're still working on getting full approval to operate uh, in the US, I think they're trying to get their brokerage side of things fully approved. And so it's a slow rollout because FTX primarily, I mean, they're based in the Bahamas, but primarily they are operating in other countries. And so I think if it wasn't for the just crazy, amazing backstory of the founder and the fact that they are so flush with cash, I'd be a little hesitant at the $2,000 deposit limit. You are earning 8% interest, which is super nice. And I think they are probably one of the best funded crypto exchanges, brokerages out there right now. So I feel pretty safe with it. But again, with anything crypto, the key is diversification. So on top of FTX, where we're just holding cash and earning 8%, we also have Voyager, which I covered a little bit in the last recap. The quick and dirty on Voyager is that you get 9% interest by holding USD coin. And so that's even better than 8%, but you do have to hold USD coin. And so we have some funds spread out at Voyager between my wife and my P2's account because there is also a referral bonus for Voyager. It's $25 for both parties in Bitcoin when you sign up. And so I referred my P2 and I got $25 for signing up using someone else's referral plus a random person uh, used my referral, I think from this podcast. So if you're listening, thanks for doing that. So total, I ended up getting $100 worth of Bitcoin through Voyager referrals. And the money is also in USD coin, earning 9% interest. Then we also have a couple accounts at Gemini. And again, Gemini is the exchange run by the Winklevoss twins from the Facebook story. 
And that's a really well-established exchange as well, extremely well-funded. The downside is Gemini recently lowered their interest on Gemini coin, which is the, the main currency of Gemini. It's Gemini's own coin. They lowered that from, I think, 8%. Now it's 5.9%. Still isn't bad. Um, we have some money there and I wish it was earning more, but 5.9% is still pretty good. And just as a way to diversify between Voyager and FTX and treasury bonds, we're holding some of our cash funds in Gemini because it does feel very safe. And that way we have both cash at FTX, USD coin at Voyager and GUSD, which is Gemini coin at Gemini. So it diversifies not only across exchanges, but also across the types of assets. The nice part too with Gemini is there is a $100 signup bonus if you use the Motley Fool link. So there is a referral bonus as well. I think it's only $10. So don't use anyone's referral link, but use the Motley Fool Gemini bonus. And I think you can Google that and they'll give you $100. And you got to make sure though, when you click that link and you open using Motley Fool, that the code, I think it's Fool2022, is correctly populated in the promo referral code section because mine wasn't. And I thought that was okay because I used the link. And it turns out it wasn't okay. Whereas on my wife's, when she opened, she saw that code. And so her $100 of Bitcoin, which is what they give you, credited fine. And mine had to be manually credited. And it took a few weeks of back and forths over email for that to finally happen. But overall, not bad. We got $200 from Gemini that way for signups. And the GUSD is earning almost 6%. We also got our $500 bonuses from TradeStation times two, one for me and one for P2, which was the one of the easiest bonuses that I've ever gotten because it was literally deposit $10,000 and about 30 days later, you see a $500 bonus. And on top of that, while you're waiting for the bonus, your $10,000, you can invest in USD coin, which again is completely stable and just mirrors the US dollar. And TradeStation was offering 6% interest. I think it's gone down to 5% interest now on USD coin. And so we got the $500 each, plus my wife and I both got around $50 worth of interest on the USD coin that we had put the $10,000. So ended up being $1,100 worth of bonus money in around 30 days. So yeah, very, very pleased about that one. Sadly, I think that bonus offer is no longer there. I think it's down to something really low, like $120 worth of crypto for depositing $10,000. Finally, just a couple updates on the brokerage MS things. So public, I was able to fully withdraw all the money that we had. We essentially bought BIL, which is just a short-term ETF that doesn't really move. And we held that for a few weeks to kind of, you know, make things look a little bit more legit, that we're not just here to get our credit card points. So held BIL for a few weeks and We've been cashing that out, like selling and then withdrawing in 1,500-ish dollar increments. And my account's now completely empty and my wife's is almost empty. So we have not had issues withdrawing money out of public. I know a lot of people have, but I think the advice of holding stocks and slowly cashing it out instead of doing it in one big go seems to be paying off. So if you still have money at public, uh, would recommend trying that technique. We were also able to successfully MS about $2,000 at Stockpile just by buying the Stockpile gift cards at $200 a time. So it took about 10 days, 10, 11 days, because I missed a day to acquire all those gift cards and then turn those gift cards into, again, really stable short-term treasury bond funds where they don't really move while you hold them and then sell them and then cash it out. So if you're looking for tips on what to hold, BIL, SHV, GSST, which is the Goldman Sachs one, JPST, which is a JP Morgan one, GBIL, which I think is a Goldman Sachs version of BIL. I'll list these on the website so you can see what to buy. But those are just super stable, don't move, and are ones that Stockpile sells because Stockpile doesn't have all of these various funds. And the reason I needed like six of these funds was I had just been sitting on the $200 gift cards and my thought was, I will just deposit 10 of them in one go and just buy BIL. 
That turned out to be not how it works on Stockpile because when you cash them in, you need to select a fund, two hundred dollars at a time, that you want to purchase. And once you initiate the purchase on one fund, like I want to spend two hundred dollars on BIL, they won't let you buy more BIL with a different gift card until the first BIL. Clears, which takes a couple of days because you're buying stocks, and so I didn't want to wait. So I was looking for alternatives for BIL, which is how I came up with the list. And there was a list of thirty or forty, and I went through all of them on Stockpile, and these six were the only ones being offered on Stockpile. So those are the six that I went with. But just something to keep in mind is that if you are doing the two hundred dollar purchases at Stockpile, is that when you receive the gift card, you may as well just go in and actually go buy BIL immediately instead of waiting. Till the end, because even if you wait till the end, you're not going to be able to do it all in one go. If you wait, it's better to just do it incrementally as the gift cards come in. And you know, this might be too much effort for some folks. I know it's definitely more work than public was, but for two thousand dollars of MS, it was pretty easy and only took you know a couple minutes a day. So I still think it's worth it, and it's still alive, which is、uh, a nice thing. Whereas you know, public and PayPal key are now dead. So yeah. If you have the time and、uh, you want to give it a try, stockpile.com. All right, so that's it for crypto and brokerages and treasuries and stuff. And so the final tally on that end was the thousand dollars from TradeStation from P1 and P2. I won't count the interest because I would have gotten interest elsewhere anyway. So just the thousand dollars. Then two hundred dollars from Gemini as a sign-up bonus for P1 and P2. And then a hundred dollars in Voyager referrals for thirteen hundred dollars total. On the crypto brokerage side of things, moving right on to cell phones, there was just the two hundred dollars from Visible, which I had qualified for a few months ago under a bring your own device offer, and that promo never showed up in my account, and for some reason it was never attached. I don't know why sometimes these BYOD promos get attached to some folks' accounts. Doesn't get attached to others. Like it showed up all the way through checkout, and I had screenshots. But once my account was created, it disappeared, and so I had to manually reach out to Twitter to get it. But the good thing with Visible is that their Twitter team is really good. In fact, their Twitter team is the only support they have. Like if you message them in the app asking for help and you need to upload screenshots, they'll tell you to send the screenshot to their Twitter team. So Twitter is really their entire support structure, and luckily their Twitter support. Is really good. So this is the second manually credited BYOD promo I've gotten from Visible, where I just activated a burner SIM card and ported it into Visible as a new number, and I got two hundred dollars for doing that. And the burner SIM card cost me one dollar from Boost Mobile. So that worked out well. Two hundred dollars from Visible in April. Finally, we have cashback, and there were a lot of cashback offers in April. Almost all, I think, were food-related. So, if you like meal kits and free food, definitely stick around for this part. So, the fun one from April, which was kind of a sleeper, which is that DOC posted about a Vital Farms offer, and Vital Farms sells eggs, but not just any eggs, like really good eggs. Like they're actually just legitimately my favorite brand. Of eggs that we get when we go to Whole Foods, and they're really good because they're pasture raised. And if you haven't tried pasture raised, it can be hit or miss. But the Vital Farms ones, especially like the yolk, compared to let's say a Costco egg, is bright orange, almost red versus yellow, and you can taste the difference. Like it is probably the most delicious egg that I've ever had, and it costs eight dollars or nine dollars if you get the organic pasture raised eggs. For a dozen, so just extremely expensive eggs. We don't buy them that often. And Doctor of Credit posted about this Vital Farms offer, where you go on their website, you put in your email, and for a period of I think April first through April fifteenth, they would send you a coupon for a free box of eggs. So of course I was pretty excited because those are the eggs I buy anyway. And I was like, well, I've got like ten, fifteen Gmail accounts. Let me just go sign up for free coupons on all of those accounts. And so I did that, and it turned out that wasn't necessary at all because when we redeemed those coupons, they weren't checking to see if these coupons were unique. In fact, the coupon on it said you can use the same coupon up to twice per transaction, and so you really only needed one of these coupons. And that worked out well because as I was trying to redeem more of these coupons when they sent them out, their entire site just crashed. 
and you couldn't access it anymore. And so I only managed to get like two or three coupons from two or three of my emails. In the end, it didn't matter because I just printed like multiple copies of those coupons. But the fun thing here was that around the same time, Smirnoff, again, posted on Doctor of Credit, was offering a free 12 pack of Smirnoff if you buy $15 worth of groceries. So all you had to do is get $15 of groceries, get a 12 pack of Smirnoff on top of that, and then submit the receipt to Smirnoff.com and they will PayPal you how much you paid for the Smirnoff up to $15. And so you can probably see where this is going because on top of that, Albert was doing the 20% back boost on their debit cards at Whole Foods, as I mentioned earlier. And so we just ended up going to Whole Foods like twice a week for a few weeks. And each trip, I would check out with two dozen organic pasture-raised eggs that were going for like $9 a pack plus $15 worth of Smirnoff and then getting 20% back at Whole Foods for just buying this stuff. And we did that a few times. And now my fridge would probably, if someone visited and opened it, would just be super confusing because it's half filled with Smirnoff ices and the other half filled with just the best eggs money can buy, essentially. And uh, yeah, we've been eating a lot of eggs and drinking Smirnoff like we're in college. And all in, we probably got about $150 worth of eggs and Smirnoff for free in April. Um, I'm not going to count it because we probably wouldn't have bought this many eggs and this much Smirnoff ices if it wasn't for this offer. But you got to keep your eye out for those things. And that's why I was like, maybe I should do a deal alert thing where I can just tell people to just hit up their Whole Foods and and buy these eggs. Because let me tell you, the checkout ladies at Whole Foods were extremely jealous about my coupon. Like when I redeemed that coupon for two sets of eggs that were going to cost $20 after tax, especially when I had an older checkout lady who's, you know, they know what coupons are. They've, they've been around coupons. They used to clip coupons and they were just genuinely like excited. Like, how, how did you get this coupon? This is such an amazing deal. Like, did you have to, where did you get this? Just, you know, and so I'd, ex I'd explain, it was like a one day offer, their website crashed, it was a whole thing. And yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of a fun experience. So thanks Vital Farms and thank you Smirnoff Ice. Then some of the Capital One meal kit cashbacks finally came through. It took about two months from when we signed up for these meal kits for Capital One's portal to finally issue the statement credit. So I got $40 back from Green Chef, $30 back from HelloFresh, $30 from Blue Apron. The Home Chef credit never came, which is weird. But, you know, Home Chef of the bunch is probably the worst one anyway. And in my area, they deliver through OnTrack, which has probably an 80% chance of not arriving and then marking it as delivered anyway. So I think I'll probably just try and get a refund on that one. But in any case, we got the other ones and the strategy there is just to order those and, you know, hit skip for a few weeks just to be safe and then cancel it. You don't have to wait until literally the cashback comes. In theory, you should qualify for the cashback as soon as you get your first order. But I like to wait a few weeks of skipping just to make sure the system properly sends the data around. And now we're doing another round using my P2's VentureX Capital One card. And so we have those scheduled and we're pretty much covered on meal kits and food through the end of May now. So, you know, we've been, it's been over two years of meal kits that we've barely paid for and we're still going strong. So, yeah, I won't count the cash back because we probably wouldn't be ordering these meal kits if it wasn't for the extreme amounts of cash back that's happening. So just something to note, but uh, it won't get added to the tally. I also tried a new app, which is, is not new, but new, new to me. I think I'm kind of late to the party is Ibotta. Ibotta? Ibotta? I think Ibotta. Like I bought a thing, but I-B-O-T-T-A. And it's kind of an interesting concept. Essentially, you scan your receipt and you get cash back based on items that they were offering cash back on. And it's cool because it's all automated. Like you'll go in and you'll add an offer that says you'll get a dollar off any eggs. And then when you scan your receipt, it detects that you bought eggs at the grocery store that you saved the offer to, like Safeway, and you just get the cash back in your account. And so, yeah, I'm like, I don't know why I haven't used it before. I think it's probably because it's better for new users. Like as a new user, there was about $25 worth of new user cashback bonuses. 
Like one of the offers was you'll get $15 of cash back if you redeem nine item offers. And so that goes away when you're not a new user anymore. So I'm not sure it's necessarily worth using unless there is a bonus like that. I think the latest bonus it refreshed with now that I've redeemed the easy ones is $10 cash back for redeeming 18 of these offers. And, you know, 18 might seem like a lot. It just depends if you were going to buy these things anyway. And some of the offers will fully reimburse the price of an item. Like I ended up buying a container of blue cheese because it was completely free. They were going to give me $5.99 cash back for my $5.99 purchase. And I needed to hit one of the other offers that counted how many items you were getting. And so all in all, I ended up getting like $42 worth of cash back from using Ibotta for buying just a whole bunch of random things. And it was very quick and easy. Like the cash back went straight to my bank account. No weird delays like be frugal on Rakuten make you wait until the 15th of the quarter before you can get your money out. Ibotta has none of that and the app is really easy to use and I guess we'll see if I continue using it in the future. But yeah, if you want to try it out, I'll share my referral link on the site and I think we both get a $10 or $15 sign up bonus. And uh, I won't count the $42 I got from Ibotta though, just because I bought so much random stuff that I would never usually buy. Like I enjoyed eating them. There were things like blue cheese and sour gummy crawlers that had sugar juice in them and some random like ice cream eclair things so stuff i would just never regularly go to a grocery store to buy but since it was free it was essentially 42 dollars worth of random free groceries lastly there was rakuten for cash back and that was just three referrals that i got from you guys so thanks for joining guys and uh i won't count that 90 dollars until next month though when i can actually cash that stuff out because it's on a 15th of the month once a quarter payout cycle and rakuten also ran their 10 percent dell cashback offer again which i've been waiting for because i've been wanting to play elden ring and so i ended up buying the xbox series x on dell.com plus the game and the whole thing ended up being around $420 and you get $400 back from Amex when you split the payment across two different Amex business platinums plus the 10% back from Rakuten which ends up being $42 so I essentially got $442 worth of money back for something that costs $420 so I got paid $22 to buy and play Elden Ring you know, I won't count any of it though, just because it's all stuff that I wouldn't buy otherwise. And then the $90 from Rakuten will get counted next month. So end tally for cashback, I think we're going to keep it at zero for the final tally. So for the final tally, we've got $900 from bank bonuses through Monify, the Chase referral, Chime, and Current. Then $1,300 from crypto slash brokerages from TradeStation, Gemini, Voyager referrals. Got $200 from cell phones with the visible bring your own device. We won't count the food and the meal kits. So ends up being $2,400 total in straight cash plus hundreds of dollars in free food. So yeah, pretty amazing month. I mean, that more than doubled my monthly goal. On top of that, I honestly, I'm feeling pretty good about the way we've allocated our cash stash for fire to try and keep up with with inflation. So yeah, very happy with April. And really, I think a lot of it was just the result of prior months of churning finally paying off with the bonuses. So kind of a delayed gratification effect. But yeah, great month. And um, that's it for the April recap. If you want to support the podcast, I've got some referral links on the dailychurnpodcast.com. Or if you're in the Apple or Spotify apps, you can rate the show. And on Apple, you can also leave a comment. So I really appreciate when you guys do either or any of those things. And uh, I will catch you guys in a couple weeks for another episode. Thanks for tuning in. See ya.